Welcome to the Legends of Oral Regeneration by the Osteology Foundation. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights. Welcome for, for this interview. And I also like to welcome everybody who's, who's going to watch this. And this is um, our legend series. So I'd like to introduce you as, as, as I think everybody knows that you're a legend of, um, of periodontics and also for of, of implant dentistry. And so um, uh, you are today is, is for how many years the program director of, of Michigan? How many Almost years? 30 years. Almost 30 <laughs> years. years plus. <laughs> and, um, and I think most importantly, I think you don't need a, a lot of introduction, but I think number one to me, you're a legend and you're creating legends. I think that's also very important. Okay. And so, um, um, could you please tell us a little bit, you know, of your background? How, um, did you get to the United States? How was your, your, your education? What motivated you? To, uh, to to transfer to the United States and to a program, to do a program. That's Take actually quite, quite interesting uh, history background. You know, I'm never like uh, English uh, to, be, to begin with. I studied the Japanese. And one of my goals is going to Japan to get my advanced training. Somehow, some way, uh, you know, the funny thing is that uh, the Probably the main reason I, I actually leave the Taiwan and uh, away from uh, Japan, come to the U.S. is because Fortune Taylor told me, and I have the little issue, personal issue, because my girlfriend actually married with another uh, dentist. So I decided, you know, uh, go to the Fortune Taylor and see what can they suggest. And he kind of suggests saying, if you want your career better, you have to pass the over the ocean, and the farther you go, the better you are. So instead of going to Japan, which is very close, I choose the American. So I never think about they will accept me. Uh, and at the time I was trying to become an oral surgeon. So I was working with an oral surgeon. And, but I check around and in the US, they don't take the foreigner as an oral surgeon. So I, I think about, I love to do surgery. So, and I, I think about applying a perio, which does surgery also. So that's what uh, in the, in the kind of accident and one plus the other one and I only apply one school because I don't have a money as you probably know when I was young and my parents does not support me to go abroad so I only apply one program which is only two years and I need to pick up the city which is not very costly so which is a clear front so I end up coming to the U.S. by applying one uh, graduate program and luckily enough they accept me and that's why I came to the USA and to begin my career and to study my perio uh, degree. So that's the story. It's it's just kind of interesting, that's all. <laughs> and what did your parents say about coming, that you're going to the US? Actually, you're saying something that they did not support you. They did not support you financially or or in general, they didn't support the uh, this idea? You know, my father was actually uh, more uh, stubborn and he, he always believed that if you go abroad, it means you betray the country and you betray the family. So he never supported in any aspect. But my mom has always loved what I do and what are my uh, future goals. And so my mom will kind of secretly support me in some aspect, 
and give me a moral support. Although I don't have the financial support, but I got my mom saying, you need to go with your dream. So I end up doing it. And eventually, you know, I convinced my father uh, later on. And I say, uh, I will make my name known for it. And the funny story is probably people don't know. And I went back in, in between all my training and my father always asked me saying, are you successful? I say, I am a tenure professor. Uh, I think I'm successful. No, and then he asked me, he said, do you have a PhD? And I said, no. Then he said, you're not successful. So <laughs> yeah, I know this, this is you got to have a PhD. So I decided to pursue a PhD, which I end up uh, receiving one. But I, by the time I received one, my father passed away. So I actually bring my PhD and copy it and put on my father's grave. Yeah, saying, you know, I did it, whatever you want me to do. So that's the story. That's that's beautiful, and I think he would be also very proud of you that how much you bring back to to your home country, your homeland. I mean, uh, I know that you travel a lot there, that you trained a lot of um, you know clinicians, that you really elevated, you know, um, I mean Taiwan, but also I think I, we can say also mainland China. So both of your of of a little bit of, of the backgrounds, and so. Um, and tell me that, that when did you write the first article? Because we know that that you wrote so many articles that that I don't want to have any ranking here, but like <laughs> you're one of the most well-published authors in dentistry. That's for sure. And maybe the most well-published. Um, but how when did you write the first article and how was how long did it take you? Um how did that go? Hey. My first article, it, it takes a long time. I think most young people probably don't even uh, dream about it. You know, I wrote my first article. It's actually my thesis. And I remember when I had my first draft. At that time, we still using typewriters, not the computers. So I finished my first one. So I gave to Dr. Pisada, which is my thesis mentor. And he didn't even read it. He just put it on the side. He said, come back at two weeks. Then at two weeks later, he told me, rewrite. I said, how do I rewrite it? He said, it's not good. And there's no comments. So, <laughs> and I go back and I look at it and say, okay, that means my English is not good. So I rewrite it and I go back. And this time he actually makes some comments. So back and forth, I have correct seven times to finish my thesis. And then I summarize it and working with Dr. Henry Greenwell, which is, uh, I, I can say the person impacted my life the most who actually uh, spent the time to train me uh, and also improve my English in, in a sense which I can have a better uh, structures. Uh, like I said, and the, my main articles published in Journal Perio is actually the guidance from Dr. Uh, Masa Summerman, which is the chair and also later become the uh, Dean of the University of Washington and Director of NIDCR. And I wrote the first paper and then gave to her. And she looked at it. She said, you know, your structure is very good. And your thought is very uh, clearly uh, expressed in the paper. But just the language-wise, it may not be perfect. So he said, it's easy to help you to correct. So from that time on, I just continue to focus on uh, structures and come up with the idea, and which is all the clinical relevant topics. That's why I end up publish the paper I publish. And I always said, if you want to do a, a great uh, researchers, you want to make a simple things 
and more complex. That means you want to take one simple thing and ask many critical questions. However, if you want to become a clinician, it's reverse. You want to make a complex things to a simple. You want to deliver the simple procedure and predictable and patient appreciate. So it's a totally different uh, dynamic in terms of being a clinician and being a researcher. Because I want to ask every single question about how did this come to the next step? That's where the researcher did. But in a clinician, I want to make sure that patient can get the best treatment with the least discomfort, which is simple. And um, then you um, you ended up in Michigan, right? So um, how did you make a decision that you want to be in academics? And then how did you end up in Michigan? And who was the uh, the the chairman then? Yeah, so uh, it, that's also an interesting story. And, you know, I applied for school when I finished the uh, perio training. Then I en end up going back to get an American DDS degree so I can practice in the USA. So I applied for school. And I originally, I didn't apply University of Michigan because I think they are high rank and they probably won't even consider me because I'm coming from a school which is a clin uh, clinical-based school, Case Western. However, I was lucky and they accept me as the tenure-track faculty. And I came here uh, in 1989 in the in, uh, end of the winter time, which is January and February. And most of the time, uh, people don't uh, accept the faculty at that time. But I was act actually came in at that time and we don't have a period department. So I was the only full-time faculty at that time. And it's actually not period department. It's the restorative endodontics and periodontics. So it's the, it's the things. Then uh, two years later, we formed the period department and I helped to recruit our first chair, which is Masa Summerman. And then we slowly build up the the perio program at University of Michigan and becomes a, a, a probably a top three uh, perio program in the world. And so when, which year was then when you had the first resident? I become the program director in 1994, and which I officially started to run the program in 1995, but I was appointed in 1994. And it's a it's also funny. I was I came here in '89, so it's a to me. I'm a very young junior faculty, and I shouldn't be qualified for doing this job. But I have to thank one person in particular, uh, Ray Yakna, because he was the uh, chair at LSU, Louisiana State University, and he actually uh, recruited me to his program. And he actually told me that's what call by call his word. He said, Homey, if you come to the LSU, if you want to be a chair, then I will be a program director. If you want to be a program director, then I will be a chair and you choose. So I didn't know when I was so young and people already offered me that position. So because of that, and, and Dr. Summerman asked me to drop out from the search committee and apply for the program director, in which I was luckily being selected. And so I was a program director since 1995. And I had my first students in 1995, so. And uh, I mean, your students are, I would say today, they're famous of getting, you know, awards, writing so many articles that some some of us, you know, write that many articles in a lifetime as how much, how much they write, you know, during the residency and doing a lot of research projects. So um, 
I mean, you had to be very rigorous <laughs> and with them, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And uh, uh, what they're saying that you were always rigorous, but 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 you got, you know, as as years passed, you got a little bit softer with them, but they're still still very successful. So how do you do that? You know, I I think uh, I can attribute it to the success, which is the part of a principle I hold for myself. You know, I'm a hard worker, as you probably know, and I'm very focused and certainly I'm very disciplined, and which means that whatever I do every day and I will finish it before I go home. So all the case I, I, I treat or patient I treat, I will sort of slide it before I go home. So I can review the case I did and good or bad so I can learn from it. Then I'm always has a, a little bit of positive attitude. You know, at one time I was joking around. I have the perimplantitis on the case I did, but I did a the sinus augmentation. But because of COVID and patient didn't come back and the prosthesis make the way the patient cannot clean. So I removed the implant on the middle implant out and then do a GBR. But I was not upset, but I looking into the sinus elevation I did, I say I grow bone very nicely. So I looking into the things on the positive side, not the negative side. So I think that's very important. Yeah, and so that's what I, I I look at it. And certainly I never give up because over the years you have many hurdles, as you probably know, and many obstacles, and I always trying to overcome. So I set example for my students and I told them, if you work hard, you will get paid or you'll get rewarded when you graduate. And and think of most of the people they come here, they want to be uh shy and be a future leaders. And I told them. It really depends on how much effort you put in and how much you're going to be uh, re respect in the future. And most of them see the outcome. And I set an example because yes. I never go home before them. So they know I'm I'm always work hard, even though I have accomplishment, but I still work hard. So as the good models for them, and certainly I, I think I'm more soft, as you said, and I'm probably... So they say... <laughs> I, I don't oh, think I'm so. I, I think the student becomes better. So put it that way. I think I, I think because you know some of them say like they were like 15 years ago they were like uh, your resident. Yeah, he was tougher then. He's he's softer with them now. But look, the now the the people who are graduating now they're still program directors, write a lot. So basically, you you probably become probably more efficient, right? Or or yeah, I, I'm probably more efficient and more understanding. And I think you're learning through the. Uh, the position and you know how to encourage people, how to overcome uh, the issues related to each individual and you can guide them to the better way. So I think over the over the years, the experience helped me to be a better mentor and to guide them even better and encourage them. And, you know, everybody has some uh, the obstacles and stress and depressed, but, you know, you needed to uh, show them what's the bright side and guide them through it. Because if they can pass this, they will be successful. Everybody is talented. It's so. about three years. And I think it's probably also very important how you, um, you, you, you could probably write an article how to select a resident. <laughs> because I think that's also, I think I'm sure that, that, that you look at probably the human factor even more. As, as I imagine, uh, I don't know, you tell me, but I would imagine that for you is more important 
how is somebody how how is the the personality how's the human being how's the approach how serious somebody then which which school he's coming from is, is that correct or that's correct you know i i never looking into which school they coming from and what's a class rank but i look into right. individual That's who I mean. has the potential and you can see their their eye and you can feel their uh the motivation in their heart if they have a motivation and they have a desire and they're willing to take the effort to work hard you can cultivate i always say i can train a monkey to do surgery but i cannot train a monkey to think as long as individuals willing to work i think we can guide them to be successful because everybody come with the same uh idea and if they wanted to work hard and they know how to work on the uh problems and then solve it certainly some people has a little bit smarter than the other but i think the god creates us equal so they should be a talented you need to just uh, guide them through it so as klaus len always said an successful individual it's very important to have a good mentor and i think i want to be a good mentor for many of the successful individual put in that way do you uh, do you know how many program directors or um academic who who are academics from your residents what is the percentage they stayed in academics i think more than 50% of my residents become the states with the academic uh, they enjoy and probably at least uh close to about 10-20% now is a chair or program director or in a higher administrative position. So, you know, they work hard. And I think that also has to be, you have to be really, um, for this, you really have to be somebody who wants to give and, and look at, you know, your student that they can grow. They can even grow out. I think a true success of a teacher, if somebody would even grow higher right that would be very difficult but <laughs> it may happen <laughs> in your case um do you have any like any big um regrets what you would have done really like differently or anything anything like that you know i i would say not a regret because you know when you look back it's only a regret but i always look into the future you know i can cultivate more people and it, my job is to train the next generation of the leaders who can guide the, our future generation and especially in the, in the perio or in the dental field and the goal is to train more people so they can uh using their skill to actually benefit the patient who entrust us so that's the goal my goal is always serve the public and through the students i can serve even more people right so uh to me i think the one of the regret is you know if i can train even more people i will certainly love to do but you know my hand is tight and i have limited the michigan is only accepted five students but through my students and then now they can train even more so it's kind of global network and i like to see uh globally not only in the us or europe but also in china japan in in taiwan in all parts of the world people are enjoying advancing not only in their uh, living standard but also in the dental standards especially in the perio kowise so to me regret is that i may not be able to train more people but 
that's not regret because I I have my students which I entrust a lot. So, and I think also probably um, I would say that for me one of your your also biggest achievement are your children. <laughs> I know I know uh, some of them, and I know how you know. I mean, they had a role model, but they really, really uh, became successful. So you want to tell us a little bit about what they're doing? And you know, I got three lovely daughters. And, you know, my oldest daughter is actually uh, working at the Apple Computer Company and is the manager. And he's helping to orchestra a lot of uh, things which uh, we will. And I, the iWatch, the, also the iPhone and the uh iPad and so forth. So I think Mary was a very lovely husband working in the Meta. So they are in a high tech area. So they're very good. And I just got my first grandson six months ago. So I'm very uh, blessed. Uh, so for me, I think I'm, I'm happy. And my second uh, daughter was actually trained at uh, Walton in UPenn, graduate from Harvard MBA. Uh, so now working for as a, a senior director at one of the pharmaceutical company. And my younger one, which is a state at University of Michigan, is a freshman and wants to be a neurosurgeon. And I hope uh, one of them will become dentist, but I guess they have their own career. So and my goal is to make sure they are happy and they are successful. And I think I will support them whatever they do. So I'm very blessed and I have a wonderful family who can always support what I do. The only regret, if you ask me, is not spending enough time with them. That's all. Because I, I travel and I spend a lot of time at work and instead of uh, uh, guide them through it. But they are so far doing very well. So I, I think I was a blessing, like you said. Thank you. And congratulations. And um, today I got a, a, an interesting message from a doctor who, who lives in a, in a country which is like, it's almost impossible to travel from that country. And he has, he's, he's, he's going to be a dentist soon. And he asked me what I would recommend him to, uh, because he would like, you know, to develop professionally. He seemed like very, very motivated. So how do you see that if somebody is not so privileged and then, then let's say us who were able to train, um, you know, in this, this high uh, level programs, um, what would you recommend them? But they're still motivated. What, how would you um, approach if, if, but what would you recommend for somebody, a young person like that? You know, hey, I, I'd receive a lot of requests over the years from the underrepresented uh, population or the countries. Uh, they want to study, like everybody, they want to do well uh, for the community, but they don't have a resource. So, with that, you know, one thing I do is always encourage them looking into potential support. I think there are a lot of charity service, a community and organization that can support this type of activities. I also uh, personally, I set up the one uh, endowed uh, collegiate professor to uh, federal uh, scholarship to help the individual who needs the support. And, you know, that's the things I will suggest them to look at. And certainly my advice to them is never give up because there's always opportunity there. Uh, if you want to work hard and if you need to support, you know, sometimes it's better to ask and see where the agency can help, can support. I believe we do have a lot of organization uh, to support the individual like this. Um, maybe we can set up even more in the future 
but at least uh, we do it slowly and it's it slowly slowly spread you know the Warren Buffett uh, Bill Gates they set up a lot of a charity foundation to support in the individual mm -hmm. like this and you know it's good to see these people wanted to be uh, right. successful so I yeah. I'm very supportive yeah, yeah. of that. yeah so <clears throat> um well, we came kind of like to a conclusion <laughs> for for the interview, but I I have to say that that I really agree that you're always looking at a positive side, and very very uh, you know when I I also ask you uh, you know advices and questions and and it's always it's always a positive answer. I really like that, and um, you have a lot of energy. <laughs> When I did some some trips with you, and 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 I always tell you, look, I I have a lot of energy, but not as much as you do. So please, a little bit pay attention. <laughs> but again, um, so you do a lot of work, very hard working, um, and I really wish you uh, health and 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 happiness for your long, still long career. Okay, and thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations for everything you achieved. No, thank you very much. And thank for all the students and all the faculty and friends, the support. I think without them, I won't be here. I put it in. Hope. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights.